0: All right. Uh, we'll give this a stab. All right. So. Sorry about the background noise. I'm literally
1: walking on the street.
0: now. It's all good. Uh, we'll uh, we'll do what we can, man. Uh. All, all right. right. Yeah,
1: the airplanes are ridiculously loud. I can't avoid those at all. They're even loud in the house. Jesus. Okay. All right. Uh. Sorry about
0: that. No, nah, man. It's cool. It's cool. I appreciate you doing this on your vacation. <laughs> Alive on the street. Yeah. I know. We we. <laughs> <laughs> We go out to our black correspondent in the field, Dalvin
1: Ford. I'm here in the blackest city in America, San Diego, California.
0: (laughs) Okay. All right. Let's give this a give this a stab okay <clears throat> all right let me let me make sure okay all right <clears throat> hello world welcome back to the flores and friends podcast we took a little bit of a break uh the episodes might be coming fewer and far between with everything going on right now but uh you know, we're happy to be back and, you know, we're all happy to be here. And, uh, yeah, so I'm joined by one of my oldest friends, Homecoming King 2007, 2008-ish, uh, Dalvin... Please introduce me to that every time. <laughs> Dalvin Ford, I actually had the pleasure of seeing you earlier this year when you made a special trip to Austin to come see me and then the world went to hell. How have you been doing ever since, man? Uh,
1: I've, been doing, I've been doing pretty well considering the global pandemic uh luckily nobody in my family has been personally affected or anything so that's good but otherwise i've been fine you know chilling at home in the dallas area uh working from home i think my company's probably gonna move to working from home for the rest of the year yeah i don't know about forever but um yeah it's been been pretty good
0: well that's i'm I'm, first off i'm happy to hear that i'm happy everybody's doing all right uh It's been a fucking... Look, i am be honest with you, man. I'm going to keep it real with you. I have... Let's see. It's the end of June. For probably most of May and most of this month, I think I've been battling depression. Like, you know, nothing like... Nothing like Nothing like life-threateningly or alarmingly bad, but I think that I finally understand what depression is. And depression... Can take many forms. It has many symptoms, and I'm not a professional, uh, so I'm not qualified to a- actually say diagnose myself with depression. But it, cho- it checks all the boxes, uh, in my opinion. I, I,
1: I mean, it's hard not to be right. I, yeah. I can completely understand that from you or from anybody because this is unprecedented yeah. amounts of isolation, which yeah. just can't be healthy for anybody.
0: Yeah, but I was gonna say is it's good to talk to you. it's good to talk to you, man. We uh. We text every now and then, but it's good to actually talk to you uh because, you know, you're one of my oldest friends and it's you're always you're always a fun guy. So uh, uh. I appreciate
1: that. You you you're steady as a river. That's why we've been friends for so long.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, man. So you're currently in San Diego. We were just talking before we got started. Uh, you're on vacation out there. What's uh how was the drive? How was the how is San Diego? I know California's getting hit pretty hard right now. So how's it? Yes. What's it like for you uh, out there?
1: So the drive was severe. Uh, yeah. Texas is an enormous state. It yeah. takes a very long time to get across it. But uh yeah, no. California is great. San Diego was great. Uh the people here are very respectful of mask culture uh yeah. so far. Uh I'm currently walking the street not wearing a mask. I'm sure people are looking at me crazy, but it was for the sake of talking and I'm outside in open space. Yeah. Um it's a it's just weird. I, I don't know. Like just. I'm literally here. Uh, they had plans to go to bars earlier and we were just going to wear masks. And they just shut it all down and now it's all closed. So, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, it's kind of similar. They're changing that
0: live. Uh, yeah, it's kind of similar what's going on right now in Texas uh, where we both live uh, separate cities but same state. Unfortunately, you know, uh, this is like the best time of the year, in my opinion, to be in Austin the summertime, even though it's fuck-awful hot, but it's, like, such a fun, outdoorsy town. And right. I feel like we were starting to open up, which I was kind of enjoying, and then we had to set everything down because everybody, there started to be a spike, and the governor tried to open up the state too quickly. So that's that's a uh, thing. But I'm actually headed on a road trip later this week as well. I'm going home for 4th of July. I'm going to New Orleans, and I'm going to go hang out with my family, who I haven't seen since last time I saw you, actually. So I was like... So yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. I'm, I'm I haven't actually, you know, working from home. I don't drive anywhere anymore. Like I don't go right. anywhere. It's so like even like I think I told you like I started working from home in November. So I like I was I was kind of used to this somewhat, and now right. it's just like yeah, I really don't go anywhere anymore. And it's it's really sad, but kind of factors into that depression I was talking about, but, uh,
1: yes, it's sad, but looking on the bright side is think about the money you were saving in gas. I have been, unfortunately, spending all that money on food, like 100%, yeah. but, at least, I have extra money to, like, reappropriate the places, so that's yeah. good.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's good because, like, you know, I, I'm, I'm fine with this, I was, I'm built for this sort of stuff, like, I've always been an inside kid, I really didn't go anywhere, but again, it's like, it's like this time of the year. I'm like, damn, I really. I, I'll just say it, man. Like turning thirty, I was like, man, 2020 is going to be my year, and the gods oh. fucking laughed cos- cosmically at me, like, ha ha ha, you think so? And it just feels like ever since then, ever since like January, February, it's been uh, it's been downhill. But um, you made the mistake
1: of having expectations, guys. <laughs> I should have uh, Yeah, it's uh, no. Yeah, it's, I, I feel you about the whole kind of general vibe of the year, like not only the political tension and the racial tension and the unprecedented global pandemic, and I literally just read an article about how this year's flu has metastasized into some new super flu, and it could be worse than the swine flu outbreak in 2009, so all that mixed together, like it's, how can you not be feeling awful, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I don't Maybe not so much depression for me, but I definitely feel a a self-diagnosed sense of anxiety that I've never experienced before, and it's, yeah, it's been tough. Yeah. I'm already an anxious person, you know what I'm saying? I deal with probably a lot of personal neuroses that I uh, take out on other people, I guess, and uh, yeah, it's all been worse because of this. So uh, it's just a weird time to kind of be around, but... The personal like isolation part is making being outside so much better. So if we can really you know, just focus on being inside and just wait, and then we come back and we never get physically as close to each other as we used to do again, yeah. we can come out of this much better as a society, hopefully.
0: Yeah. And I, I like talking about these sort of things. I've learned to it's a good thing to vocalize these sort of feelings and anxieties because... You know, I mean, it's better than the alternative. Like I spent a lot of my life like repressing and like holding in this end and that that gave me issues very early on in life. So I've come to learn that, you know what? Yeah, everybody feels this way and it's good to vocalize it. It's good to show that like, yeah, man, you can be going through something and you're not like in danger. Your life's not in danger, but you're not necessarily happy about it. So I think that it's a good thing. And there's the the other thing is there's the there's the line from Goodwill Hunting, Robin Williams character. He says, You'll have bad times, but that'll just wake you up to the good stuff you haven't been paying attention to. And it's just like I really believe that now. And like what am I what am I happy about? What am I looking forward to? What am I doing? Like what what do I appreci what am I gonna appreciate when it comes back? And all these things and I'm like, Yeah, man, so I'm just like trying to stay optimistic, trying to realize that, hey, man, this stress, it's just its just exercise, and you're, like, you're learning how to handle stress. You're learning how to handle, like, bad times. So you, we're, I think we're all going to grow from this, uh, hopefully. I mean, I, I think I will, but I don't know. I don't know, man. I'm kind of – I'm very, like
1: – You know, Yeah. I think about it contextually. I'm always kind of thinking about things in terms of history. And, like, imagine the people who lived through – the 60s when, like, a president got assassinated, then his brother, then the biggest black person, then the other biggest black person, like, all yeah. back to back. I'm sure it felt like the world was ending. Yeah. And, like, those people are still alive. It's not, like, some mystery thing. Like, they could tell you, yeah, it was a like, very scary time. That's where we are. Yeah. We're going to make it through the end of this. At some point, it will be on the other side of it somewhere.
0: Yeah, but let's let's talk about some fun things, alright? We, we've we've aired out our demons, we've cleared the air, we've gotten the negativity out. Let's talk about some fun things, alright? Are you ready to do this? I am ready. Let's talk about something near and dear to your heart. Not necessarily my heart, because my team sucks, but let's talk about uh, Premier League. Boy, so do they suck. <laughs> oh god, don't even... I, I keep telling myself, I get the alerts that a game's coming on, I'm like, I should watch that. And I'm like, no you shouldn't. Don't waste your time on that team, they're garbage. So... We're talking. Let's talk about Premier League. You know, in the past fucking three months, we've been absent of real sports like Premier League's, like the one of the first major team sports to come back uh, globally. And uh, yeah, have you been watching any of the games?
1: Oh, yes. I will. I I know we're gonna talk about more sports and sports in general. Yeah. I can. I feel like it's safe to describe myself as a quote unquote. I don't know sports nut as lame as that term is. Like, I watch all sports. If there's a live game on, I'll probably watch it. I've been watching MMA. Oh. I've been watching the Bundesliga. Like, okay, I didn't realize I was that bad until we got into this situation. Yeah. So, uh, yes, I'm extremely excited about the Premier League. For your listeners who don't know, I'm a Chelsea supporter. I'm a huge Chelsea fan, and uh, yeah, we are undefeated since the league came back. Chelsea is in a very good position. Kind of going forward, it's a really good time to be a fan. So I have nothing but I don't know if you can hear the smile on my face. But uh, Things are going very well.
0: Like I said, my team sucks. I don't really. Arsenal.
1: Arsenal Football Club is his team, listeners.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean. They're
1: terrible. Not only are they terrible. The best part about it is like they frequently buy Chelsea players Uh, a few years ago. Petr Cech, greatest goalkeeper in Chelsea history. He went to go play for Arsenal. Gave up some horrible goals in his uh, elder years. Lost Arsenal a lot of points. Uh, messed him up. He was like a secret agent for us. Now, uh, David Luiz, known meme lord. We are going to talk about uh, this. K <laughs> uh, from Chelsea at the beginning of the season. Uh, shocking, shocking transfer goes to Arsenal and has just been... Absolutely shambolic, ash. egregious.
0: He's been pure ass. Ass not. I, I
1: can't think of enough. I'm trying to go full Stephen A.
0: Smith. On oh the my
1: god, it's, it's like it's hilarious, and it's like it's like he's still playing for us. I'm
0: I'm I'm glad you you're you're getting some some joy out of this because I'm like I'm also desperate for sports. Uh, but I'm not that desperate to watch them. I'm just like, I don't know, man. I, I guess. Fine. I guess I'll I'll follow them, and I'm like, yeah, they won a game or won a match against fucking some piss-ant team. So. Hey, you're
1: a piss-flake. You are in fifth place. you can not really be calling those piss <laughs> like that.
0: Well, let's talk about uh, a good story that doesn't involve either one of our teams. How do you feel about Liverpool? Like, What, do, what are your feelings about that situation?
1: I feel like uh, I think I'm too in deep as an EPL fan, I've probably been a fan of Chelsea since like two thousand five. Yeah, so I don't have any good feelings about other teams. Like, yeah, Liverpool won the championship. I, I'd rather not talk about that again. But good for them.
0: Well, you could. I was just in the relation of I'm, I'm. It's I think it's a noteworthy story because the fans of that team have struggled for years. Like, I think this is the first. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. First championship they've had in what, like twenty or thirty years or some shit.
1: Thirty years. God, I, damn. I, I guess to do the uh, a comparison for uh, American fans who might not be as well versed in it as we are, right? Yeah. Liverpool is a huge team. Liverpool is analogous with like almost a cowboy. Like yeah. they're not the most the most popular team, but they're one of the most well known teams in Europe. They dominated English football before uh, the Premier League era. And just once the Premier League started in 1990, with the era that we're currently in, they just haven't won a championship. They probably won the Champions League, uh, the Champions League got twice, I believe. Yeah. They're a huge club, very successful, but they just haven't. And all the fans love to kind of hold it over their heads. Their arch-rival Manchester United has won 13 Premier Leagues. It's kind of ridiculous in comparison because they're really historically very close rivals. So yeah, it's, well, it's wild that it took them this long. It was almost like a Cubs-like streak of futility.
0: Yeah, and again, if I if I can't celebrate my team, I'm I'm gonna celebrate the team that I'm they like. They have a lot
1: of individuals that you yeah. can like. Like Jurgen Klopp is really cool. Yeah, team. he's a great everything guy. About, yeah, everything about him is super cool. Uh, what's the Mohamed Salah is a very important player. Uh, I know a lot of Egyptian people. He's a huge deal. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they have a great team and. Obviously, they're going to be very good for a ways to go. As long as Cops the coach,
0: they're going to be relevant. And I I, I know that they were, that fan base was like adamant about getting the Premier League back because they were worried that fucking if they didn't, <laughs> if they didn't come back, this was like Liverpool's best shot at winning that championship. They were like, we oh, fucking better. need this to come back. You cannot do I this think- to us.
1: I can't even explain to you how big their lead is. Like it was truly an insurmountable
0: lead. Yeah.
1: Like even Manchester City was like two games away from being mathematically eliminated. Chelsea mathematically eliminated them. Just as a reminder, but uh, <laughs> yeah, they, they just walked through the season. They were a, a juggernaut. Yeah. I hate to see
0: it. Sometimes it gets thrown around a lot, but sometimes it's true. Um, it's good to have Premier League back. But let's talk about stateside, man. Let's talk about the next big sports league that we hope. You know, I don't have any wood it near me, so I'll pretend that this is wood. Knock on wood. So let's talk about the NBA. Uh, for those not familiar, the NBA will be restarting on July
1: 30th, I believe. I'm doing air quotes over restarting yeah. right now.
0: It's 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 kind of weird. I think there's a – is there a conflict of interest that they're starting it in Disney World and like ESPN is owned by Disney? I was like that's kind of – that's that feels conflict of interest E Like I'm like, huh, okay. Uh, I don't know. That's – conflict of
1: interest that's like how the deal got done
0: yeah this is true uh so they plan to restart with 16 teams or is it was it 22 22 i'm sorry 22 yeah, yeah. 22 teams short and truncated season everybody living in the bubble tm the bubble uh of disney world that um, people
1: are allowed to leave and come back in so how is it even a bubble but
0: okay yeah exactly like it's it's, it's got issues for anyone not aware. It's, it's got like, it's not this like foolproof, like vacuum sealed plan. It's got like, it's got some holes in it. Um, but yeah, I guess what we can talk about is like, yeah, we got a month away, but Florida, there's a lot of cases in Florida going up right now as far as coronavirus cases. Um, so let me ask you. What do you think is the most likely situation that's going to happen that it's not going to start at all or It's going to start and finish or do you think it's going to start and then stop? What do you yeah,
1: think? Yeah, I'm ex- I'm expecting it to start and not finish. Uh it's honestly a tragedy that they have to do this season. But yeah. they have to do this season. Yeah. Like I I get that, you know, there's a lot of political arguments to be had about capitalism and what that means and what that means about people's lives and all of that is worth discussions to be had, but if the NBA doesn't play the season, it could be financially devastating for the players. Yeah. I mean, I don't know about devastating for the owners, but like a horrible hit for even them. Like, the league might be in serious peril. Like, this is a very unprecedented situation. It's yep. wild. Yeah. I, they definitely have to try to play these games.
0: What I've heard is there's $2 billion on the line, and if they don't go through with it, they might have to like tear up the, sc- the current collective bargaining agreement and have to restart over, like, it's just, like, I think devastating is the right word for it. They, they yeah. have to try. Like, it's like, oh, this is not probably, like, ideal, but they they got to say they tried, because that's a lot of money.
1: Yeah, there's a contract you. If you had the ability to set up an environment where basketball games can be played and televised, you had to do it. I don't think it's safe, though, and I don't think it'll be completed. And if it is completed, it'll be the scenario that they feared the most, where it might be a truly random asterisk champion, you know, Orlando magic. your your NBA champion. Because you don't know who's going to get it. And if the rule is, if you have Corona, you can't play.
0: Yeah. Who
1: knows when LeBron catches it? Who knows when Giannis catches it? Like, it's just it's just going to happen when it happens. And whatever team is the healthiest at the time, or playing the best at the time, is just going to win. And it might be somebody random. Uh, see, I don't
0: I think there's
1: an argument... Or they might let people play with it. And that seems like a whole defeating the purpose of bubble and everything. But if LeBron gets it in, you know, game one of the second round against, like, the Grizzlies or some shit, like, I don't know if they're going to be like, "Uh, all right, LeBron, you can't play. He's going to be like, fuck you. And if it's like that, then yes, the regular champion will be the regular champion. Clippers, Lakers, Bucks, whatever. But if they they have to sit players who are sick or...
0: Yeah, it could be anybody. I'm 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 optimistic, but I guess I'm in the same boat as you. I like really think like it's going to get started, and I think the the cruel twist of the blade will be that it'll get really started, and we'll we'll actually convince ourselves, oh God, this could really happen. We could finally have a champion, and like be le- this be a legitimate venture, and then it's going to get shut down. I'll be like fuck y'all, because like that's what happened with the NBA. That's what happened the regular season. Like we had. Like, I think the weekend before it got canceled, like, we had fucking Bucks. It was my
1: dad's birthday. I had tickets to a game on Saturday, and the league was canceled, what, on a Wednesday? Mm-hmm. Like, it was very sudden.
0: Yeah, I think we had Bucks Lakers, and then we had Clippers, Lakers that weekend, and then, like, a few days later, it got canceled, and it was, it was really upsetting, because I actually, I have one better. I have never seen the Bulls play in Chicago. I've seen them play in New Orleans. And uh, me and my brother actually bought, you know, plane tickets, hotel rooms, tickets to the game to go see it for my birthday. Like he bought me tickets. He was like, we're going to go do this. I'm like, oh, oh, that's awesome. I've always wanted to do that. And I was really excited about it. I was really looking forward to it. I think it was supposed to happen at the end of March and the season got canceled. And I was like, the one time, the one time I try to go see the Bulls, like I, the Bulls suck. That's the thing, man. They're not even good. But I was just. So uh, excited, they have
1: some bright spots, so at least it, it's a team worth seeing. They do suck, but they are a team worth seeing. I
0: respectfully disagree with you. I think that they are.
1: <laughs> I like Kobe
0: White a lot. I, oh, I love Kobe White. I love me some Zach Levine. I do love my players, but they're not—they're not good. Like they're not they, good, and
1: they're not good yet. John, give them a chance, bro. I'm a I, very. Market is still young. I don't know why he got worse this year. All of a sudden but uh, I think y'all get a new coach in there. Y'all might be able to bring marketing back. Wendell Carter Jr. is supposed to be good. I like what I see from him so far. Like, y'all should be good. Y'all should be one of the intriguing young teams. And also, the East is ass. <laughs> so, uh, you should be fine.
0: We are destined, as, as we are constructed, presently constructed, We are a team that is destined to spin its wheels and just be fodder for the good teams. So,
1: Contacts is gone. You don't have to be so pessimistic anymore. Yeah,
0: we did hire a new executive front office. I can't remember his name. I didn't research it. I didn't think of it, but I can't remember. I was excited about him. But uh, I honestly – I just don't. We've been – I've been being – I have thought and I've been told for the past like five years, oh, the Bulls are on their way. The Bulls are on their way. The Bulls are on their way. I'm like – Guys.
1: I mean, look, you're a Bulls fan. You see, as a Louisiana person, what happened to the Pelicans when they got new leadership. Like, yeah, the Pelicans are only a slightly below average, slightly average team right now. But you can see things are looking up with that franchise with one year of having new front office leadership. This is true. I think it's going to be the same thing for the Bulls. We like, need, your, yeah. Probably your whole history of being a Bulls fan has been the same front office leadership. Yes, like this is gonna be something brand new. I think you should give it a shot. Y'all got decent oh. young players in place in a horrendous division.
0: Well, I'm gonna give it a shot. I'm not gonna like. I'm definitely Man, I know gonna, you're not
1: gonna quit the
0: Bulls. Oh, I'm I'm committed. I'm pot committed. Uh, but I just don't. I just I'm like, what are we what are we aiming for here? What's the plan? And again, maybe this new guy will have a plan. I just I'm like, okay. how would you
1: feel? Y'all like make the playoffs next season? How would you feel about the Bulls outlook? I mean.
0: What is a seven seed or a six seed that plays the Nets or the Bucks?
1: All right. Anything between, yeah, six through eight.
0: Well, it'll be good because those games will hopefully be nationally televised. In the past, like, three seasons, the Bulls have had three, two or three. I think this year we've had one nationally televised game and we lost to the Sixers. So it's like, for me, it's really hard to watch them because, you know, I don't have, like, the NBA, uh, what's it, the, the uh, league pass or the uh, league pass? Yeah. And, like I could stream it illegally, uh, allegedly, but like I just I'm like, why am I gonna, why am I gonna go out of my way to see a team that's not that good? Like wins like 25 games a year. Like I'm like, yeah, it's fine, I guess. But uh,
1: uh, we can talk online about splitting uh, a league pass membership.
0: One of the yeah, maybe we should. Uh, I just I would be excited to answer your question. Yes, I would be excited, but. I'm really looking more towards we need a we need a star and we need a draft pick and I really like Zach Levine but I don't think he's the star that puts us over the edge he needs he needs someone else like he could be a good second option he could be like this, the 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 plan B guy but we need that's why I really wanted us to get Zion even though I was like man if we got Zion we would just waste his potential so happy New Orleans got him I guess but uh, <laughs> we just need we just need we just need. A guy. We need the guy, and I don't think I like Kobe White. Don't think he's the guy. Yeah, I really I, like I, agree with that. I like I like Lori. I really did like Laurie, and I still like Lori. But I mean, we need a guy. We need a guy. We need a star, and I just don't see that coming unless we get lucky in the draft. But I'll still you know, watch. I mean, I'll still follow. Only,
1: on. Either that, or package those dudes for a one year rental of some star. You know what I'm saying? Like I.
0: Mm. Uh,
1: and just give it a shot. I don't know. Like y'all don't really have a strong enough infrastructure for that. No. Like, uh but yeah, I, I still think things are looking up. Cause like y'all making a playoff next season is extremely plausible.
0: Yeah. Maybe. I'm just hoping we can win thirty games. Like the past like two or three seasons, I've been like, Can we just win thirty games? I think it was last season we won like twenty-nine games. I'm like, man, motherfucker, goddammit. And we were like, we were <laughs> I think we were on track to win like 25 this year. I, I got to check that. But we were not looking pretty. And it's just like, we need, to get, we need a new coach. We got a new front office guy. You know, we will probably fire boiling soon. So, you know, it is what it is. But hopefully, what do you think the Pelicans are going to do? You think they're going to be able to? I mean, everybody's staying healthy, of course.
1: Yeah, uh, the uh, momentum is tickled. I don't know how they'll look after you know being at home for months yeah like if everybody if whatever team's in the best shape is gonna get out to the best start yeah and uh i don't know if the Pelicans are gonna be the team. they might if that so watch out like zion just happens to use this time to finish rehabbing and feel his best and get to the best weight that he's at it might be scary for the rest of the league yeah uh but I think that they should be in a good place, but I don't think they have enough time to catch up to Memphis unless they, like, three-fall. You know what I'm saying? Like, Memphis would have to lose damn near every game, and the Pelicans win every game to outright get the AC.
0: Yeah. So,
1: you're talking about best-case scenario, they play in a three-game playoff situation against probably Memphis. Yeah. And whatever happens, happens, but that's still a lot of ifs.
0: Yeah. It's, uh, it's tough. And if you had told me three months ago that we might not even have football, I'd be like, Psh, I mean, that's in fucking the fall, man. This will be done by then. Man, it, we're not even sure if the – the we I, do, I don't think college is going to be able to do it, and I really don't know if the NFL would be able to do it. So I'm like, oh, man, this is –
1: You see, I feel the opposite. I feel like the NFL has the infrastructure to set something up to like, actually be able to play in empty stadiums and get all the testing they need, but like if you're talking about how every individual university is funded and how every school system is funded and getting them all on the same rules, that's gonna be hard. Well, no. I feel like there's almost no chance the college comes right.
0: Well, that's what I was saying. I, th- I think you misheard me. I think that I think the NFL it's more likely, but oh, I'm not okay, sure. Okay. But college, I'm like, there's no. I th- I can't see it. Like I cannot see it. Like you cannot. That is like exponentially more logistically difficult. Than in every way. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, I don't I don't see it. But luckily, and we can wrap up on this. Luckily, the last champions are the LSU Fighting Tigers. So it's, uh, we still got that one, man. We still, at I'm, least we got that one.
1: I caught so much merch after that. Oh, and like, dude. I've been wearing that everywhere. Everywhere in California, there's been a <laughs> LSU fan on the loose in this
0: video. Damn straight, damn straight. So... Uh, Okay, let's uh, let's move on to it. Let's take a left turn here. Um, okay. I don't want to be the white guy that asks his black friend to speak on this matter, but I have been curious about... You are the first black person that I've had on the pod since uh, the George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Elijah McCain now as a black person and my friend... How have you been handling the past few weeks to months of all of uh,
1: this? Truly the strangest thing I've ever experienced. Um, so I guess I can kind of start by saying on a personal level, as a rule, I really don't engage in watching too much black death. I don't like to see people being killed. I don't even watch scary movies. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I, I don't, I've never seen the full George Floyd video and I know I won't. Yeah, It's more of the same. I mean, it's, what people have been saying for literally generations. And I don't know what it is about this particular incident that woke everybody up and I can't shake my cynicism about all of that. Yeah. Uh, I was recently, I went to a restaurant, I'm so sorry, Corona rules, but my girlfriend got a new job. We went out to celebrate the restaurant that just opened back up and uh, this white lady came up and just started talking to us out of nowhere and is explaining blackness to us and saying how that her being a lesbian was the same oh, as no. uh, as being black and she adopted a black child and she's giving us all of this right and whatever right and oh, she goes to sit down uh and as we leave she paid for our dinner so like if that's what <laughs> this, if that's what it's gonna be if i'm gonna receive small reparations going forward cool uh i've been waiting for white people to open doors for me and uh buy things for me so far they slacking on their job but for the most part i mean it's weird to have want everybody to kind of have this conversation with you you know what i'm saying people asking me about blackness i'm usually very uh forthcoming about it yeah uh, i feel like race is always the elephant in the room and it's very easy to make jokes around that
0: <laughs> yeah
1: and yeah it's just it's just weird it's, i can't even even think of the word
0: Like I don't know what we'll woke everybody up, but I hope we do something with them. Yeah, I actually was talking to my stepdad about it not too long ago, and he kind of echoed the same thing. And he's a, you know, he's a seven-year-old black man, and he he pretty much feels the exact same way you just described. Uh, not to sound, again, I'm not trying to sound like, I mean, we would talk about this even if we weren't recording the podcast. Absolutely, but like, absolutely. But, like, I, I just, I I did want, like, the last episode I did, I did with my friend Ben, who you met. Um mm-hmm. Uh, We talked about it, but it felt like two white guys talking about it, that just doesn't – That just feels like – come on, man. Like, but – and I feel bad about it talking as a white guy. Like, I'm like, I don't really think I have any input in the the situation. See, on one
1: hand, I feel what you're saying, but on the other hand, that's the exact wrong thinking.
0: Because
1: so much of talk about race is like, all right, let me talk to – A black person and how a black person feels about this, and like, let's get the black perspective on this situation. Whereas black people are only the recipients of racism, right? Like, these conversations need to be having, need to be happening amongst white people really urgently, right? White people need to be talking about, you know, why do I feel this way? Why do I act this way? Why do I react this way? So, you talking to, you know, white people in your life is good, because, and I, I don't mean to, bring up a topic that we'll talk about later but if you have you white person listening to this podcast if you have a friend that you know is uncomfortable with black people being around in just an existence with you know what i'm saying yeah uh you gotta unfriend that person you gotta cancel that person out of your life you can try to explain it to them first you can try to coax them to the right way but you know as well as i know is that that's not something you can really just unlearn it takes some very, very heavy lifting. And a lot of people are not willing to do that. I've been living my whole life feeling this way. Why should I change for some people that don't even like me? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And if you have people in your life and you're still willing to tolerate them, then I am so sorry. You were an enabler and you were making the problem worse. Either you got to get those people out of your life or get them, commit yourself to bringing them to the right side of it.
0: Yeah. And I, I do think that the onus is on my people. Like, you know, Uh, in a a general sense like i don't claim people like i don't really have people but i am part of a community i am part of you know that that demographic i guess um so yeah and i've been very encouraged by seeing so many especially younger people speak up for this and it's it's been encouraging but i'm i even i am like i can see it diminishing and i can see it wavering and i'm like
1: A lot of that is because of media coverage, too, because people are still out in the streets, and the police are still clearing them out violently, and that's just not on the news anymore. So it's an active effort to make sure people are not uh, so focused on this issue anymore. The the country writ large is trying very hard to, quote-unquote, go back to normal.
0: Yeah, I I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing that all this is happening in the age of the coronavirus. Like, I'm like, there's probably. In
1: the midst of a presidential election between two of the oldest, least well communicated uh, candidates you could possibly imagine. Like, it's all just a perfect storm for disaster.
0: Yeah. There's a larger conversation to be had. I don't think I'm necessarily qualified to have that conversation on the pod. And again, I'm like. What do I have? What do we? What do we have to? What do I have to say that hasn't been already been said? And I, but I will make it a point in my life, and I, I think I have been making it a point in my life to definitely know where how pe- know to let people know where I stand on. I I think that yeah, Black Lives do matter, and like fuck your racism, like fuck that, like you you don't even give a shit about the flag and all that stuff. You give a shit the fact that you don't like. I had to explain this to a friend of mine. I was like. Why do people get so upset about this? And it's like people do not like to be told what to do and what is right and wrong from people they feel are beneath them.
1: and I think, Or that the, even the same yeah. as them. Like people – and it's a very distinctly American feeling. Yeah. We focus so much of our shit on independence and that independence has been interpreted as – one hundred percent individualism. Yeah. And that's just not good. <laughs> yeah. That's not good. There's no sense of community. There's no sense of greater good. You can tell how people feel that uh in that way when they talk about taxation. Like the idea of like taxation is theft and not as an investment into the community that you live in. Yeah. Is preposterous. You know what I'm saying? It's weird that people think like that. And uh yeah, that's it's just it's just not good. Yeah, yeah it's uh it's again
0: when I mentioned that I was kind of going through my funk of uh, what I suspect is depression, a lot of it was the coronavirus and the situation and the feel, the sense of hopelessness at times. Uh, but I will say that the the ugliness of the response to the murders and these and, and the 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 people that are willing to defend evil, the, people that
1: are willing to defend the evil
0: because not even that they it's the fact that people people will acknowledge that racism exists like i i i would you'd be hard pressed to find anybody in the world that would be like racism's not real like it's like people know that there are racism know that there's but racism but nobody knows them. any racism exactly and like when it, when it's shown to them we're like well we can't we don't want to label anybody but it's like but what will it take like what what do you need like do you, do you, do you need like them in clan okay. outfits, do you need them to say the N-word? Like, what do you want? Like, you're just like, well, as long as they have plausible deniability. I'm like, I'm like, why you're are just you, looking. yeah, why are you extending plausible deniability? Why can't you just say, why don't you say what it is, man?
1: Uh, I'm gonna steal uh, a, I guess a quote, I don't know, from Beaumont Jones and how he described it, but like, if enough white people think something is okay, then the country is okay with it. Yeah. Like, and that's just, preposterous you know what I'm saying it doesn't make any sense that uh uh we don't put any kind of criticism onto whatever that thought is if you can get a 30 percentage of white men to feel about anything then it's something that has to be explored and propagated yeah in this country
0: and he and he also mentioned uh paraphrasing here uh we are really quick to forgive uh, white people who make mistakes. And this is kind of touching on what we're about to get into, but like, we we are really quick to give them a pass or like say, "Well, they apologized." I'm like, "Right." I mean, yeah, yeah. but like, I mean, we could. I feel like we're di-
1: <laughs> we, a, we, a we, real we, apology we, has changed behavior. Yeah, the fact that you felt contrition means nothing to me. Yeah, and I don't know if you did. It's just the fact. Yeah.
0: Do you? Do you want to? mention Drew Brees or are we we gonna we gonna move on past that cuz there's No, nah, I
1: mean, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think that people I guess aren't capable of change. I think it's very difficult. I don't think Drew Brees has shown outright racist in his character. Yeah. But I do think that he is a prime-time number one enabler of some probably very bad shit. Yeah. And I'm glad that is being reckoned with. I don't know if I'll ever, you know, have the same affection that I I once had uh and I think we had discussed this before. That I told you, I was pretty sure Drew was where he stood politically. Yeah, I mean, he's right that he has the right to have his opinion. Whatever is out there, this is how people feel about it. And I, I hope he learns something. Yeah, that at was the very lethal. And at the same time, I don't want it to affect the season. Like I hope that the team plays well and yeah, people. Uh, it's just a it's just a bad situation. I uh, I keep you know we keep dancing around the subject. I guess I'm going to lean into the next topic. I am not one for uh canceling somebody for an opinion that doesn't really affect anybody you know uh or unless the actual media itself is the thing that you're being canceled for if you're just like hey i feel like this i really don't care you're just a dude that's good at sports you know okay if the president feels like that is
0: different he's yeah.
1: the president he makes laws but if a court like i i won't be a fan of you cool like i get it
0: yeah Okay, well, let's let's move on then. Let's move on to the meat and potatoes of the the episode. So let's talk about cancel culture. And it's this phrase that's been thrown around a lot. It's really been thrown around since uh, the Me Too movement really started in earnest in like 20, you know, 2017, I want to say. Was it 2016, right. 2017?
1: 16, 17. Yeah. yeah,
0: somewhere around there. I mean, again, what is time? Uh <laughs> So the, the what happened what really got me cuz I got to be honest with you I've been struggling with the pod like I've really been struggling with what to do cuz like usually the world provides me with topics and you know I can like kind of build off of what's going on and I feel like all that's really been going on is just sadness frustration depression and I like to keep yes, the yeah. I, I like to keep the pod fun and light and you know we talk about some heavy stuff but we also like to I like to throw in a mix of Serious stuff and not so serious stuff. You know, kind of have fun with it and stuff because it is then, a hobby for me,
1: right? And then the world canceled all fun and light, and now yeah. there's nothing to talk
0: about. Yeah, and I've again, I've been really struggling uh, with what to do with this because it feels trivial. To this is this is this is this doesn't really mean anything. Like it's just. See? Yeah,
1: I disagree with that. I mean, uh, even though you are literally just a guy, as am I, but I I feel like all of the media, all of the content being created this time, all of the art being created this time, is going to be a snapshot, a time capsule of a very important time in human history. Yeah, and if these recordings survive on the internet somehow, I think you know this is the shit that textbooks are made of. Essentially, you know, we found random cave writings, we found random uh, documents. Who knows? who those authors were and we just because they were the only account of that time period we accepted them as truth and your podcast could be that for the year 80 20 you know
0: well i appreciate that and i i agree with you like i i, I committed to doing this i'm i know i enjoy doing it it's just the fact that everything going on around me has been kind of a downer so it's really been hard to get up for this sort of thing but i realize right. like I have a responsibility to myself to do this because this is something I enjoy and I can't just quit something or stop doing something because things are depressing me. I need to, you know, push on, soldier on and stuff like that. Cause
1: Not necessarily. Please, if you if you feel like it's in the best for your health, though, if you're yeah. if you feel that she's in the best for you, like, stop.
0: Well, I do do it every two weeks, but, the, but it's been a month since my last episode because I was like, yeah. two weeks came, the next two weeks came and I was like, I have really nothing to talk about. But... Cool. You don't want your hobbies to give you any stress. It's yeah, this this is supposed dessert. to be fun. It's not supposed to be work. And right. uh, what happened was I was at I was hungry. I was I hadn't had been spending a lot of time in my apartment, so I was like, I need to go out and get a bite to eat, you know, just fast food real quick. And so I was uh I was like, Oh, I love In N Out. I love In N Out. I really think In N Out is the best fast food burger ever, which that debate probably yeah. you know
1: Yeah, the burger is good, the fries are atrocious.
0: Yeah. I think you put the, sp- I put the spread on my fries and I think that does the trick. But a lot of people, as you know, in Texas are like, will not t- tolerate anyone disparaging, will not tolerate anyone putting any fast food burger over what a burger. So that's a whole other bit. I'm no Texan, but I agree
1: with the, the Texans.
0: <laughs> I was in line to, I got my burger. I loved it. It was delicious. Oh, I rarely ever had a bad experience with the what food from In-N-Out, right? So, but then it got me thinking because I'd seen this uh, post. And I'm probably sure that you have as well. Maybe came across, and maybe not, or maybe people listening have. Uh, and I'll share. I'll, I'll post the in the show notes. I'll have a picture of what I'm talking about. Um, it was a it was a me. It was a thing I saw on Instagram or Twitter, or whatever uh, social media. That small list of fast food restaurants who support the reelection of Trump. And number one right there is In-N-Out. And on top of that, they have Taco Bell, Wendy's, Pizza Hut, Waffle House, Carl's Jr., White Castle, Chick-fil-A, McDonald's, KFC, Olive Garden, IHOP, and Papa John's. Papa John's does not surprise me. Uh, but, like, some of those don't surprise me. But I really got me thinking about, man, I really, really, really enjoy this thing. But they might also be supporting something I really, really hate, and we live in the age of cancel culture where it's like if somebody does something fucked up or somebody supports something that's fucked up, we have to stop supporting them either emotionally or monetarily. And it just got me thinking. Like, yes. Yeah, we don't have to. Oh, okay. There is I, some people feel there's a moral imperative to do that sort of thing boycott right. something.
1: Yeah. And people, I feel like people feel peer pressure from that, that people who are either, I don't know, looking for, potentially looking for social media plaudits, social media plaudits, uh, but a lot of people sincerely feel like, hey, uh, this person is donating to causes that are antithetical to everything I believe in. I can't give them any of my dollars. I have that information. I have access to that information. That is not something that previous generations had immediately on hand. And, uh, yeah, I think that's just a result of that. And, those entities are not used to receiving any criticism at all and i think that uh, a good swath of our population is not used to regular people criticizing what they consider to be institution and it seems like the term institution is really spreading because i wouldn't think of fucking papa john's as an institution but you know if they change their name or they acquiesce to anything it's a huge tragedy
0: well, I did some research and I looked into some of these, like off that list that jumped out that, that I was on that meme that I mentioned, or I don't know if it's a meme, but whatever. Uh, you know, I looked up In-N-Out and yeah, the CEO and his wife have donated $15,000 to Trump and the Republican Party in twenty since 2016. But I looked into it and it says individuals affiliated with the company have donated a total of about 11500 to Republicans and Democrats in the 2020 election cycle with only two hundred eighty-one dollars going to Trump, and I'll provide the USA Today article in the show notes where I got all this. Uh, so yeah, the CEO did, but individuals have donated to both. And I looked at Waffle House. Uh, you know, they donated over a hundred thousand dollars to the twenty twenty election cycle. Most of, the do- most of the donations are in support of Republican U.S. Senate candidates, uh, with about a thousand going to Trump. McDonald's. Uh, I know it's not popular to like McDonald's, but I love a fucking Big Mac. What can I say? Oh, I'm right there with you. Uh, yeah. So Trump received seventeen thousand from individuals associated with McDonald's, while Bernie Sanders received fifty-one thousand. Uh, and let's talk about the big one, Chick-fil-A. Now, Chick-fil-A is pretty well known for having a pretty controversial uh, spending habits, and I feel guilty every time I eat Chick-fil-A because I fucking love Chick-fil-A. It is so good. And I know that it's problematic. And I had a friend of mine (laughs) refer to them as go to Chick-fil-A, get some oppression fries. Um, Yeah. (laughs) uh, So, yeah, I looked into it and uh, the donations went to both Democrats and Republicans with Trump receiving about 8,900 from individuals affiliated with Chick-fil-A. Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders received the most of any candidate. And so – you know, I looked into more of Chick-fil-A's Backstory back with uh, Donating to uh, Charities and organizations That are anti-LGBTQ, right And so, basically what I've learned Is uh, Truett Cathy uh, And Has donated money to uh, Some pretty fucked up causes Mainly through their Windshape Foundation But uh, Again, I'm just skimming because like this is a lot of Information and I really don't want to talk about it But like they oh. millions of dollars over the few years. And uh, so – but also individual franchisees have. And that's what the issue is it seems to be. It's like, yeah, certain individuals within the organization. But Chick-fil-A has said the, they do not donate to any specific as a company. But the CEO right. might out of his own pocket. They decided in 2012 that they would cease donating to organizations that promote discrimination specifically against LGBT civil rights. Well, that's they stopped directly sending it, but they still had like the the CEO would still hold fundraisers for certain organizations, and so basically they didn't really stop.
1: What I was gonna say is I feel like my own personal opinion about these companies uh, donating to Republican causes or Christian causes that are really basking for more uh, insidious things. I just think that speaks to a larger issue, I, and I think that larger issue is. Uh, Really, more about corruption and capitalism and how our government uh, yeah. uh, kind of just you know works in general. Because the fact that every company feels the need to donate ridiculous amounts of money to both parties, you're just trying to curry favor with whoever's going to be making laws. And I don't think that that's necessarily indicative of any morals other than good old fashioned bribery. So I really, I might keep eating at most of those places. Chick fil A does make me feel a level of pause because their aid is so specific, but. I don't want to say I couldn't care less, but I couldn't, I could care. Maybe I could care a little bit less, but I'm, that's, that's about it. Like I, it doesn't, it doesn't even read on the same radar to me. And when we discuss cancel culture, I feel like it's almost disrespectful to his, as far right as the president may seem, he is still the Republican candidate for president uh-huh. and the Republican party has been around forever. Right. Yeah. He's, that is He is representative of a solely American institution. Uh, To compare donating to that as canceling R. Kelly having sex with little girls, you know what I'm saying? It's not even the same universe of cancel. It's crazy to think that that warrants the same reaction, in my opinion.
0: Well, I just wanted to wrap up on Chick-fil-A real quick. Basically, long story short, they said in 2017, they said in 2012 that they stopped. Then they got caught doing it again in 2017. And then recently they said that they won't do it anymore through their through their Chick Fil A, uh, what's Chick Fil A Foundation? Yeah, and so they are tackling more. It says here Chick Fil A is quadrupling down on its potential to tackle racial justice, and I'm like, okay, you know, maybe I don't feel as bad. Maybe that they, you know, they didn't, the pressure worked, and all that stuff. But you know, maybe they're kind of shifting, and maybe they're not necessarily as villainous as one would see. But then I think about it, what, what I always said to I feel to, like you're yeah.
1: extending them a lot of benefit of the doubt.
0: I, I have, I am, but I think that, I think I'm kind of tying, I'm going to tie it into what Connie, you said. I think that it happens everywhere. Like, I'm just think that, I agree with you. I think that corporations that we love, that pretend to be, that that uh, present themselves as uh morally upstanding and out looking for the other looking out for the little guy looking out for causes and trying to fight oppression monetarily yeah, like
1: urban outfitters and the company that does coachella like yeah they will, you'd be shocked at the stuff that they donate to. yeah
0: and i also think that yeah it's you can a, or, an organization or a, a company can talk about donating to this cause or that cause or this cause that it, that's that's admirable. But then they're still underpaying their own employees. Like they're exploiting exactly. their workers. So or like,
1: using slave labor or yeah. prison labor. Or, yeah, exactly. So what I'm
0: trying to say is I always felt bad about eating at Chick fil a But it's like – but pretty much everywhere I shop it probably does some fucked up shit. exactly. Right? And it's like, yeah, we know about this and we should adjust accordingly if you feel the need to. Uh, and we'll talk about it on a more individual basis coming up. But I think with companies, it's trickier because they could give all the money in the world to the most deserving cause. But if they're exploiting their labor or they're still doing fucked up thing about like not diversifying their board or not making sh- not giving people the opportunities internally, it's like, well, what are you talking about here? It's like no company's perfect. Like they're probably paying they're probably paying a lobbying firm or they're lobbying to keep minimum wage down. It's like they're all fucked. They're all fucked. So just it like, is, yeah. it's
1: worse than that. It's like not only are they like lobbying to keep minimum wage down. You think about the stuff that the McDonald's farms probably do. You think about the stuff that they do to local farmers and people who are just trying to get by. Like it's on a more personal level than just money being spent around. You know, it's 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 awful. But like that's how our society functions at its most basic level right now. So I guess for me, is people are. I guess the question for people is, like, are you here for, like, quote-unquote, the revolution, or are we just gonna stick our heads down and keep doing things the way they are? Yeah. Because for To a certain extent, like, I, I'm in a position where it would be comfortable to keep kind of doing things the way they are, like, obviously not in terms of, like, racial justice, but like, yeah. the economic hierarchy, I'm doing okay, right, for now. Um, but we can't, you know, it's not sustainable. People are not built to be subjugated and as people wake up to the fact that when you're not making a certain amount of money it's not that you're just not making a certain amount of money you're literally being subjugated there's people actively making sure that your job doesn't make a lot of money people are actively making sure that you don't have access to the proper education to get yourself out of that situation you realize that you've basically been locked up this whole time and once people do that you know something violent is going to happen And uh, either we're going to do that or we're not. But uh, I'm not going to live in the in-between of selecting particular companies and entities that I'm going to support and not. Uh, I just have my own personal morals, and I'll just run with that.
0: Yeah, and we're about to move on to the next one. But, like, I, I just think that if I eat at a place that I know does fucked up things, I'm just like, hey, man, I'm just here for the product. And... I think that every organization has skeletons, every organization does something fucked up, but I'm like, but but I can spend my ten bucks at a in and out to get a to get a meal or something like that. Or I can spend my dollars at a McDonald's or a Chick-fil-A. I do not agree with them and I am putting my money, my other money that I have into causes and I'm putting my energy and my motivation and my voting ability, my voting rights to candidates and things that are trying to overhaul the entire system so i'm like if we're just going to focus on this company or we're going to focus on that company that's cool if you have something personally against it that's fine i completely understand i just think that i'm like you're singling out things when like you said what are we doing to change the big picture what are we doing to change the entire system i'm like and i i lean more towards that am i giving yeah. myself a pass probably yeah i'm probably giving myself a pass So, I think what I'm doing is okay with that, but could I be better? Yeah, but again, I'm trying—I'm doing the best I can here, and so—
1: Yeah, I just feel like if you were not going to—not not not going— the guy who is flipping your burger, the the lady who is working at your, I don't know, Starbucks or whatever, they have absolutely nothing to do with the corporation writ large. And when those businesses or those individual franchises and locations do poorly, it's extremely regular people who get fired and get laid yeah. off. and You're hurting the, the, the most vulnerable families. So like, oh, I'm not saying that's worth uh, keeping McDonald's in business, but like yeah. at the end of the day, you, one particular person listening, is not gonna do that much change unless you organize something. And if you are gonna organize something, then let's do it and let's try to make some general structural change towards a lot of these issues, as opposed to one company or one company raises its wages. You know what I'm saying? Like,
0: yeah. Okay, let's move on to a more uh, individual, celeb, actors, performers, right. entertainers uh, situations. Uh, what would start? What got me interested in that was. I don't know if you've ever seen this film. Uh, I'm a huge fan of the film The Negotiator. came out in 1998. stars Samuel L. Jackson and Kevin Spacey. And I love that film. I love that film. I can't say that I love him in it, but I really enjoy him in it. But there are films with Kevin Spacey. Yeah, Seven. Love Seven. Fucking love Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. He's in that. He's in... He's he's a funny guy. Like, he's a forward, very t- I love that movie. He's such a uh, I don't really. I, mean, I love that
1: movie personally.
0: But it got me thinking, and my probably in the top three favorite actors of all time, Mel Gibson. I thought I, I loved so much of his work, but he's fucked up. Like he's he said some racist things. He said some anti-Semitic things. He said some. He's a staunch conservative Catholic, and I know that he. Has said some things in the past about, you know, this and that. Mark Wahlberg
1: did some hate crimes. Yeah. Like, if, you know, it's it's, it's kind of crazy that we, uh, it's kind of crazy that they got into that position. But, like, now that you're at a point where you've already consumed so much of the media and you have, like, emotional connections to these pieces of art, like, yeah, it's kind of hard to be like, I don't fuck with Mel Gibson anymore. If you know me, uh, if you've ever seen me do karaoke, you probably have seen me karaoke an R. Kelly song. Yes. It is very hard for me to get all of that out of my system, but like, you got to. And, uh, and I know I'm kind of contradicting myself earlier, but like, I feel like in situations where you're actually seeing the act in the art, uh, it just can't, you know, R. Kelly singing, it, it feels like you're ready. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It just seems really fucked up now, and you can't enjoy that media at all. Uh, I can't watch Mel Gibson play an asshole and play somebody violent because it makes me think about real violence. Yeah, Well I, I guess really more Mark Wahlberg than Mel Gibson. But you get what I'm saying?
0: Yeah i I don't really. I, I mean, I haven't really bought into any of Mel Gibson's more recent stuff. Like when he was in that Daddy's Home two, whatever the fuck that movie was. I was like, Mark Wahlberg I, with Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> I'm like, wow, we're really letting this dude. And then when he got nominated for Hacksaw Ridge, I'm like, wow, we're really cool with. this. Yeah, he's back. Yeah, he's just back. I I haven't welcomed him back, even we though still try
1: to, the people are still yeah. publicly camping for Woody Allen to this. Day.
0: Oh yeah, that's. And I love Midnight in Paris. That's one of my favorite films of all time. Um, but you know, me and you, you are you and I, huge fans of Kanye. Like, I I maintained for many years. Like, I'm like ever since really the Taylor Swift thing. Uh, I was like, I divorced Kanye from the art. But when he started, you know, really leaning into Candace Owens and really leaning into Trump, I'm like, ooh, I don't know, man.
1: Candace Owens is indefensible, honestly. He really, really lost me, then, And, like, I still play his older songs. Yeah. And I I have less interest in his new stuff, but I'll still check it out. But I don't think I'll ever have that same, like, level of – I don't – I hate to say Stan Hood, but, like, he was, like, the number one. He was the guy. He was the yeah. most creative rapper ever. He, everything he touched was genius. Yeah. It's, like, I will never respect his opinion like that. But I do think he's still capable of making good music. I saw, I don't know if you saw the video on Instagram where Snoop was, like, in Kanye's house, and he's, like, hey, man, he just played some new shit. And it's incredible. Don't tell nobody. It's a secret. I'm, but, like, yeah, I'm going to listen to that when it comes out.
0: Yeah. And, you know, uh, I'm also a really big, I mean, I think both of us are really big Harry Potter fans, and J.K. Rowling has not made it fucking easy these days, man. She is on she is on one right now, and I'm just like, God, oh, what the fuck are you doing right now? Why are you so, like...
1: Literally, why? Yeah, like, why? What, what happened?
0: Like, you, really? Like, this... You're really passionate about this, man? Like, you really? And I get it, like, there's some emotional... There is an emotional foundation for her, as she said, that, like, it's kind of tied to... In her mind, tied to the abuse she suffered, as far as women and being a woman and stuff like that. I get it. I understand where you're coming from. I don't. I don't. That
1: doesn't make any. What does that have to do with no, trans women?
0: I, what, what, I'm, this... what I'm trying to say is, like, I understand this is an emotional issue for you, but what I do not understand is why you are kind of using that as an excuse to, like, really, really say some fucked up shit about trans people. Like, what? Like you can – if you have pain, I understand that, man. And yeah, pain makes you do some – pain is a very, very complicated issue. It's
1: it's bad enough that you are using your enormous platform to focus hatred on people. It's that trans people – and there's no oppression Olympics, but trans people are – got it bad. Yes, Uh, They got to be some of the most vulnerable people in our society – all over the world, and the fact that people just continue to uh, lash out at them, it just shows a lack of evolved thinking. Like I can understand on a very primal human level of like, no men and women, no two. You know, and yeah. the fact that you can't realize that there's in between. Yeah. Uh, we had so much years of science, like we've known about this for such a long time, I can't understand why it just can't stick in, in common culture, or if there's an active effort to make sure that it doesn't stick in common culture. Because what's the movie that fucking uh, Eddie Redmayne... Like, they've been having trans people for years. Oh, the Danish girl. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah, man, I just don't... I just don't understand it. But I'm like, I don't think that her beliefs have necessarily ruined my feelings and my attachment but it, to Harry Potter. It really
1: It really unlocked the way I looked at it, though. Like I've heard problematic things about it before. Like I'm sure you saw the tweet, but it was like J.K. Rowling naming white characters, Albus Dumbledore, uh, Severus Snape, and uh, her naming an Asian character, Cho Chang. (laughs) Like you can uh, all of the goblins. Are uh, working in the bank with big noses. Yeah, and, like, it's really fucked up. Yeah, and every Irish the, the one Irish character named Seamus, and he blows up everything he touches. Oh. Like, it's some really fucked up stuff in
0: there. I did not make that connection, and now I'm embarrassed. Okay, oh, yeah. that's okay. Uh oh, man, I don't really know how I feel about that. Um, but I guess the law, The question I want to get at is. You know, I'm a Kevin Spacey fan. I, I'm i a fan of his work from when I was younger. Like, they're definitely like, ooh, I don't know about it now. I feel bad about it. But I'm not necessarily celebrating him anymore, and I'm not necessarily like, oh, man, this movie's so great because of him. And I'm a huge Kanye fan, and I'm like, I really, man, fucking My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy is one of my favorite albums of all time. But I'm not, like, saying, like, oh, man, Kanye is, like, this... Brilliant guy, and I'm like, oh, he's done some, he said some fucked up shit. And, you know, I just don't know if, like, is it fair to still indulge or enjoy stuff from problematic people? Like, that's the thing, I just, that's the heart of the issue for me. It's like, I don't know. And I don't know if it's fair to judge people for that necessarily, if they really enjoy something from someone that's done some fucked up shit. Like, like if you're a big Woody Allen fan, like I'm, like oh, that's kind of weird, but okay. Um, yeah. On a on a personal level, so what really got me started with doing podcasts very early on, I, I was a huge Chris Hardwick fan. I loved Chris Hardwick. I really, I really like his the way he did his podcast, the Nerdist podcast. Really inspired me along with Kevin Smith, but Chris Hardwick definitely was an influence. And I felt very related to him. I felt like, I felt like, I, dude, this guy gets it. I feel very connected to this dude. I feel like we have a lot of the same similarities, but he got accused of like sexually assaulting one of his girlfriends. And there's some debate Damn. on whether, Damn. whether it was a misunderstanding. It's, it's a messy, it's a very messy situation, but I'll be honest, man. Like ever since I heard that shit, I kind of stopped listening to him and I kind of moved away from him. And I'm like, I don't know if I can enjoy you anymore. Cause yeah. Like, Internal investigations were inconclusive, and like, yeah, it's hearsay. It's she, he said, she said, but I'm like, I don't know, man. I don't know if I can ever look at you the same way, and I don't really know if I can enjoy you the same way because you ne- I never in a million years would have thought he was the guy who would ever be caught up in that. But there's a chance, and I just don't know. I cannot enjoy him anymore knowing I that there's a chance,
1: yeah. Kind of call back to an earlier thing you, you we discussed, uh, everybody. Uh, knows that there's racism but there's no racist. Uh, pretty much 95% of women said that they've had some act of sexual aggression happen to them whether it be straight up sexual assault or, you know, molestation yeah. or so. and nobody, I don't know any dude personally in my circle, nobody ever called a friend associate, an acquaintance that has personally done it and that I was personally accused of doing it. And that's just a total moratorium by all men Uh, not willing to engage in these subjects with each other. And the exact thing I said about white people and racism earlier, that's what men are going to have to start doing about sexual assault, because yeah, like you said, you would have never expected that dude. It's not easy to to read that on people like it is to read racism on people, you know what I'm saying? But the hatred of women, the misogyny is just as palpable, and we gotta react to it just as strongly.
0: And then there's the whole thing about, like, fucking louis ck i was a big louis ck fan but i'm like
1: the fact that he's back is really wild to me i yeah. know i said a lot of like i just like my personal morals like hey man you know the position he's living in oh you get out the room and leave and not see him jerk off that's absolutely true but you know the situation you get to try to be famous and hit this man is with literally all of the opportunity in the world in his dick and he's stroking yeah. it at your face that's so, without your consent you had no act you just stuck that's awful and you only do that because you are a man in a position of power uh, yeah. that only comes from that and like the fact that people could be cool with that kind of abuse it really just speaks to like you know what you're cool with and it shows what as a society we cool with like we us personally, we said things that we're not willing to stand for. You don't listen to your boy's podcast anymore because did sexual acts against women. But we still eat Chick-fil-A because, you know, uh, LGBT stuff might not hit as hard to us personally. Like, uh, I don't know. It's really hard to moralize this. I mean, we're not going
0: to – I've already kept you longer than I really thought I would. But we're not going to dwell on this for much longer because we do have the questions to get to. Uh, but it's it's fascinating. Well, it's not fascinating. That, that implies I take some enjoyment in it. I – it is perplexing, I think, is the word. Yeah. And uh, you just do the best you can and, like, if you're going to enjoy something, know that pretty much in every case baggage comes along with it. And I just I, – I don't know – well, I would say about the Louis C.K. thing. I did want to touch on that. That kind of makes me believe that canceled culture isn't real. Like, no, he's not at the same yeah. height he was at, yeah. but he's still making a living and, like yeah. – Mel Gibson. We just were talking about Mel Gibson. All cancel culture really is is that people found out information that was
1: not public. He was a creep. They were always creeps. He was a racist. They were always racist. Now people know that. Really, just more of a a demographical shift of like, all right, now I'm aware of the information that Mel Gibson is a racist. I will choose as a black person not to be a a fan of him. We keep using the same names, and I want to throw in one important person who was really canceled to me that broke my fucking heart, Liam Neeson. I cannot oh, man. believe I about Liam, Liam <laughs> Neeson was looking to fucking lynch people just out of the blue. Oh, not out man. of the blue. But you know what I'm saying? Like that, I can't look at you the same. I now know that you are a racist person looking to commit lynchings. Is that not the worst, most racist thing that's humanly possible? And whether I'd be fair in saying that?
0: I just don't. Like, I, I that one was so wild to me because he
1: offered it for no reason he was no
0: like yeah, i'm thinking
1: about this wasn't
0: this wasn't like some scoop this wasn't like fucking ronan pharaoh like exposing him or some shit it was yeah. just like him saying it in an interview i'm like dog you were that comfortable to say that shit like look man you didn't hurt anybody no you did not technically hurt anybody so you could have just let that shit you could Go. bury that shit. Never speak of that shit ever again. Like, you did some horror. Like, that's horrible. Why would you say that publicly? And I'm just like, oh my god. I haven't really seen him in much afterwards. So I think that happened early
1: last year, I want to say. Like, 2018. And I feel like it came out as he was public the movie The Widow where he married yeah. fucking Viola Davis. And that yeah. made that movie painful to watch.
0: Yeah, like, that really... And I think he had that Snowplow movie, and I don't think anybody really fucking saw that movie. But he had kind of a yeah. diminishing career. Like, he kind of rode that taken wave down, and he kind of really started to, like, fade away. He a
1: meme. Yeah, he, he was he was kind of more after the Key and Peele thing. He was kind of a meme. But still, yeah. he's been in some bangers, and I yeah. hate to lose those.
0: Yeah, I forgot about him, man. I completely. He's not on the list of people. Like, I remember Kevin Hart had a thing.
1: And that's because the list is, like, it's... Personal to you, you know. Obviously, black people will feel more aggrieved by race-based issues, yeah. Where and you know, gay people will feel it more around those, or people feel it intersectionally and feel it about all of them. But like, it's, it's foolish to believe you won't feel the most about whatever you are, you know.
0: Yeah, it's it's something, and I I just see this like it really feeds into this like I'm very passionately against people who are. PC culture gone wrong like PC culture gone mad kind of thing like people use that as like oh people overreact people all this I'm like yeah I want to
1: go back to when I can
0: insult niggas to their face yeah it's it's so (laughs) fucked up and it's like this is just what accountability is like more information is like ignorance is not bliss like I really believe that like ignorance is not bliss we need to know these things because people are suffering people have suffered because of these people so it's like we should know about them And I just think that people are like, oh, well, people are afraid and people misunderstanding. I'm like, look, man, if they think what they did was right or wrong, then they have every opportunity to defend themselves. They have every opportunity to uh, present their side of the issue, whatever. But just because they think that they're right does not make them right. Like Just because they didn't think they did anything wrong does not mean they didn't do anything wrong. So, yeah. People make mistakes and they go to their grave thinking they didn't make a mistake. And it's like, they don't get to You're decide. They yeah. don't get to decide whether they made a mistake or not. And it's just like, guys, there are bad people. You know there are bad people in this world. You know that there are bad people in this world. And here they are, bad people here, but you don't want to believe them or you don't want to think that. And you think that everyone.
1: you. you put it's it not even that they don't want to think it. It's really more like, I feel like people are like, there's bad people. But nobody is fit to judge who is bad or not because you are too flawed individually. But that's ridiculous. You know what I'm saying? Some attitudes, some actions are universally bad. They can be condemned as such. And
0: look, man, if you enjoy something from somebody fucked up who's done something controversial, look, I can't say that – I can't tell you what to do with your life. I cannot say – As long as you're not hurting other people, like, directly, like, okay, all right, like, all right, I don't really necessarily agree with it. But I just, I think that you need to, we we all, everybody, I'm not trying to all lives matter this shit, so just bear with me. I think that we all should do our best and remain vigilant about scrutinizing the people we invest our time, energy, money into. And we need to really think about, like, Am I attaching myself to this person? Why am I attaching myself to this person? Why am I giving this person a pass? Why am I enabling this person? And if we honestly feel that what they did is acceptable, then you accept it. But you have to live with those consequences and you have to... Re- I think you should remain vigilant as far as discretion and scrutiny. And if you're willing, like I'll bump Kanye's stuff probably the rest of my life and I'm with you. like. Even though that fucking his last album was kind of whack, I only really like one I song on it. It was really bad. It really, really, really was bad. I, I only really enjoyed one song on it, and the rest was. Uh, but I'll give him another shot. I'll keep listening to his music. But there will come a tipping point where I'm like, I can't fuck with this dude anymore. And guess what? I don't think that necessarily invalidates all my attachment and my affection for his earlier stuff. Like Michael Jackson's another big one that a lot of people have had a hard time reconciling.
1: I'll never let go, of Michael. Jackson. I can yes. share that right now. I'll never let go of Michael Jackson's music. So, it's,
0: yes, I get it. <laughs> it's complicated and it's messy, yes. and you just do the best you can. But I would, I think that the older I get, the more I realize that if you consider yourself a moral person and you feel that there, you you put a lot of value in morality and making the right decision and being an example and leading by example and really trying to let your morality guide you. That's a lot of work and that's a commitment and that's an investment. And you're going to make mistakes and you just do the best you can. And guess what? Eventually, like it is pot, it is inevitable that someone in your life that you care about, someone you really enjoy will let you down. And then you have a choice to make. And so you got to make a choice. And Live with that choice. I don't know. I feel like I'm rambling now.
1: I, uh, yeah, like, I mean, you gotta, yeah, it's an individual decision that you gotta make. And if, it makes, if you feel uncomfortable, then you probably shouldn't fuck with it. I guess mean, it's as simple as that.
0: Yeah. I think that'll do it for the topics. Uh, I really appreciate having this conversation with you, man. Like, I don't really know, uh, not to impugn any of my regular guests or anything like that, but I really believe that you are one of the more articulate intelligent people in my life that i feel like we can have these intellectual conversations with i'm really glad you were willing to do it
1: oh no problem also just for a future reference don't call any black people articulate i'm not mad at all I'm just let you know yeah. I,
0: I i definitely thought that thought crossed my mind when yeah. i said it but i was like i, I know dalvin knows I what know, i mean I,
1: yeah i know what you mean i i yeah. just, you know i'm saying that for your listen yeah
0: i would i would definitely not talk to a black person I don't know I'm not familiar with and not cool with like that would never say that shit but like I feel like objectively you are articulate and we've had these conversations in our past so I feel like that was an appropriate assessment but I will keep that in mind thank you for checking me on that one I appreciate it no problem I'm sorry to have
1: to use you as a representation of the audience
0: I know it wasn't personal. I know it wasn't personal, yeah. and you know I was what I was saying wasn't personal. Yeah, so. exactly. So let's move on to these questions, man. I feel like I catch you way longer than I thought, and I hope your phone isn't about to die. So let's no, move but on. I do have to pee
1: real bad, <laughs> so I'm about to rapid fire these bad boys.
0: Okay. All right. First question: When did you get your first cell phone, and what kind was it? It was.
1: Uh, I was 2005. It was during the Katrina year. I got a Sony Ericsson. It was like a a smaller version of the Nokia brick, like a super small version. It was like the size of my palm. But like on the back, it had a, uh, like this little green sphere where the camera was supposed to be. And at first I was fine with it. It was cool. And then camera phones came out pretty much everywhere, like shortly thereafter. And I was miserable. I was like, I I, I need a new phone. Mom and dad, what the hell?
0: When did you get your first smartphone?
1: Smartphone, uh, I want to say like junior year, maybe senior year. I got the, the original iPhone. Yeah. Uh, actually, no, I might have been in college. Yeah. I
0: might, yeah, I might
1: have been a freshman year in college.
0: <laughs> All those years ago. Um, fucking Yeah, years yeah, ago.
1: yeah. I still have that phone, too. I still have the original iPhone.
0: Nice. I think I sold mine. Um, at the, no, I the gave it away to a friend. I gave mine away to my friend. I do remember that. Um, okay. What is one reality TV or game show that you would do the best on?
1: Oh, obviously, Jeffrey. Uh, for those who don't know I have some quasi jeopardy experience. I have played high stakes trivia on camera. Uh I've played against people who have been on Jeopardy. Uh yeah, I think I would do very very well. I'm not saying I would guarantee I would win an episode, but if I get some decent categories, I might embarrass myself.
0: No, I had this debate with a friend recently. Uh if you got the invite to Jeopardy, would you do a lot of prep or would you just I he it was told I was told that Buzzer grip, yes. Some Un- of the people... godly
1: are, amount of, like, reflex stuff. Yeah. Not even studying for, like, the questions, but yeah. that's the thing. that Everybody knows the answers. That's the thing about Jeopardy. Everybody's super fucking smart. You gotta have the edge on the buzzer. Huh.
0: I thought... I said that if I did get the invite, I would kind of brush up on some things, like, maybe look over some things, and he was like, don't do that. It's gonna cloud the
1: stuff you already know, though. You're gonna be so focused on trying to retain that new information that you just got that you won't be, like... Uh, able to kind of lock into that large reservoir of information that you already have you got to do kind of like steady studying the whole time yeah. uh, or do more kind of like branched out type studying like you, you read about a whole topic like when I was going through uh, on the campus Challenge, how I would study for trivia was basically playing the Wikipedia game so yes. you find two random topics and you try to click on links to lead you to the other one and that would cause me to read a whole bunch of topics about a whole bunch of stuff I would just end up retaining that information. But I wasn't actively being like, let me read about the presidents. Let me read about it. But, you know, I learned when uh, Texas was annexed, and then I know that James K. Polk was president then, so I have an idea that he was president. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's how you get good.
0: You heard it here, folks. Uh, if you're ever <laughs> thinking about going to play on Jeopardy!, that, that's where you start. We, we pointed you out in the right direction. Okay. What is your favorite book?
1: Invisible Man by Ralph Ellison. Uh, Did we, we read actually, that in Franklin? Yeah, it was assigned yeah. to me Franklin. Uh, it was a really kind of transformative book for me. It was about a young black man living, uh, starting off in the South, and he ended up in New York, and he just had an entire existence where just nobody acknowledges his presence despite him being there and taking part in things. And poor, horrific uh, racial and sexual things happened in that book, but it was really eye-opening. Uh, I would love to see... Uh, Man, nah, I can't think of was it. it Barry Jenkins, the director?
0: Of? Uh, uh,
1: of Moonlight and Beale yes. uh, yeah. Street. I would love to see him maybe or uh, Ava make a, a movie adaptation of, uh, of that book. It would be amazing.
0: Yeah. Uh, I would be down for that too. I really enjoyed Beale Street. That was a really good movie and I really enjoyed Moonlight. Um, yeah. Uh, okay. What is, you know, either what you currently own or what you've had in the past? What is your favorite pair of shoes you've ever owned?
1: Okay, Uh well, individual pair of shoes, it would be Jordan 11 reds. you know, black and red. Yeah, uh, They're definitely. probably the most famous of all Jordans, but if I had a favorite shoe, like line, uh, Air Max originals, like Air Max was in the 90s. Like I have them in several different colors. I'm pretty much, as I get older and I lose my style and sense of what's cool, I'm just buying Air Maxes in every color and I'm building my fashion around that. And I just have to keep up with the trends of how jeans fit, and the, that'll keep me looking relatively young forever. But the Air Max, will, I feel like, will never go out of style. I'm,
0: a, I'm an Air Force One guy. Like, I really need to I need to buy a new pair of
1: Air Force See, Ones. See, I, I, don't, I don't know why they faded away uh, in, amongst the whites in, in the, the 2010s, because obviously they were huge. Well, they were big for black people basically forever, but they were yeah. obviously big after the Nelly song for everybody. And then it kind of just slipped away. I don't know what brought them back. I don't know who gets credit for that.
0: (laughs) I need to buy a new pair, and those are probably my favorite pair of shoes. Um, Okay.
1: High tops or low tops?
0: Uh, Low tops. Okay. Okay. Uh, What is your favorite smell or scent?
1: Gasoline. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Uh, I
0: wouldn't be surprised, man. A lot of people love that smell.
1: It is is strangely addictive, but... uh... Hmm, that's actually, I, I didn't think too much about this question. It's probably, like, vanilla stuff. Yeah. Like, that always makes me hungry. It smells good. What's the the goddamn bath and body works? Whenever my mom always has, like, a warm <laughs> vanilla sugar smell, yeah. that is, it smells, I, w- I would eat that So It smells so good.
0: <laughs> mine's, mine's more, uh, uh, I don't even know the word. Mine's bacon. I love the smell of bacon. Like,
1: yeah, that's definitely high up there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Okay, yeah, bacon slash. <laughs> the, the, the sound that goes with the smell too—it's uh, like it's, otherworldly.
0: Yeah, it's uh, there's a word for it. It's escaping me right now. Uh, let's say you can you you know you can only watch TV shows or movies for the rest of your life. What would you pick?
1: TV shows,
0: Really? easily,
1: very easily.
0: Yeah, dog. There's so many movies that I gotta go movies on that one.
1: See, there's just so many more episodes of shows. You know what I'm saying? I feel like that would, like, keep me satisfied for longer. And, like, those really, really, really long narrative arcs. And I'm saying it's really more in terms of, like, anime. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Like, yeah. So I just feel like there's too much content on the TV shows uh, to pick movies, I feel like.
0: Well, back in the day, I would have assumed you were talking about uh, Game of Thrones, but I definitely know that's not the case anymore. <laughs> I, I
1: don't... What, I never heard of
0: her. Who is that? There's a plague coming. Oh, man. Uh... All right, I got three more questions. All right, this might be one of my favorite questions I've ever asked, like that I've ever had at the end of the episodes. Um, so I, I find it fascinating. You get to use a time machine. When and where will you go? When and or where would you go? But you have to stay there for no more or less than three days.
1: Okay, very, 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 very easy question. Thought about this for a long time. Okay, uh, I'm going to the coast of Africa. Uh, and around fifteen hundred or so, uh, I'm going with a large carton of ak 47 uh, oh as well as uh, the magazines and uh, ammunition to go with them. I do not speak the, the tongue of the Africans, nor do I look like them. I'd be much fairer. I don't know how I could uh, get to the point where I could communicate them and distribute the weapons amongst them. Yeah. But I would let them know that white people are coming and do not try to negotiate with them <laughs> in any way and maybe if you kill the first few waves of them, they'll stop trying to take your your stuff, and then they can
0: operate with you as equals as opposed to thinking that you're somebody who can be subjugated. Okay. Oh, man.
1: So, I don't know how I'm going to
0: learn, you know... You only have three days,
1: too. 16th century uh, Swahili in three days, but I think if I just leave an instruction (laughs) manual and the guns and say white bad enough... I think
0: oh, they white, might get it. White bad enough. That's...
1: I Imagine know. what the world would be like if, like... Yeah, essentially Wakanda would be real. Yeah. You know, like... I didn't like, want to make oh,
0: that connection because I didn't want to yeah. make light of your answer, but I was like, you basically want to invent Wakanda, basically.
1: It doesn't even have to be... It could just be its own extremely independent... Like, kind of like China is. Like, yes, it's been uh colonized before yeah. but like mainland china had always had very much its own culture and yeah. like was doing its own shit and, and i wish that black people got to experience that with except of uh Ethiopia who beat the Italians.
0: That is a very interesting answer. See i i as admirable as your mission would be uh I have no desire to go to the past. I want to go to the future. I would go visit like 100 years from now for three days. That's I want to go see if we're even still alive. Who the fuck knows anymore? But like I want to see what the world looks like in 100 years if climate change hasn't killed us all.
1: Yeah, look, I, I could make some very big race point like galaxy brain take about that. But I'll, I won't do it. <laughs> I won't do it. <laughs> Just kidding. Of course, the white man <laughs> think about himself and want to see the future. I'm trying to save my people. I'm just kidding.
0: I get. I know. Yeah, what I said. Yeah, you could peel some problems. I'm working on my that. material. Let me
1: know if people laugh at this. If people <laughs> say that this episode is funny, uh, please tell me.
0: Oh man, I would tell me when and where, and I'll go see a lot an open mic with you, man. That would be that would be worth all the money. Um, okay. Uh, <laughs> now I feel bad. Like, I'm like, God damn I guess I am selfish. Oh, man. Uh, There's
1: nothing wrong with being selfish. We're all individual people. We're living our own lives. Of course, you should live for yourself to a certain extent. There's nothing wrong with
0: that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, would you rather be an Olympic gold medalist or a Nobel Prize winner and for what? Oh, easy, 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 easy question. Olympic gold medalist because you get to stay in the Olympic village and get Olympic ads. <laughs> So what sport?
1: I don't know. Whatever race (laughs) walking. I
0: said. I I I said like if I were to do Olympic medal, it'd probably be for U.S. soccer men or basketball.
1: If you got a medal for yeah, that's actually a good point. If you got a if you got a medal for U.S. men soccer, you are a god. You'll be one of them. Not just that, like, if you win the World Cup, you're a big deal to the people who really care about soccer, especially if you did it for America and how unlikely that would be. You'd be truly a worldwide hero. You know, that's actually a very good answer.
0: But see, I honestly, like, there's a part of me that's like, man, a Nobel Prize would be really cool. Like, that would just... But again, I was like, man, if you want won a I, gold medal for I the hate U.S. To put it
1: so, dude, I, I hate to put it so crudely, but uh, are Nobel Prize winners getting bitches? <laughs> Like honest question, I know Olympic gold medalists are. <laughs> oh
0: man, could you imagine like being the American Usain Bolt? Could you imagine that, man?
1: They had the American Usain Bolt. I was asked Carl Lewis what his life was
0: like. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it's a it's a really good point. Um, yeah, I I I I think I'd go gold medal, but I I wouldn't sleep on like. Nobel Prize. Like, that's that's pretty awesome right there. Um,
1: Is it, like, a science one or a peace one? I really I, don't want a Nobel Peace Prize. That's not where it shit
0: I want. I would probably, like, literature would be nice. Hell, not They Nobel gave
1: Obama a Nobel Peace <laughs> Prize, man. They're just giving them hoes away. But, I mean, like,
0: it'd be cool. Like, you know, honestly, I'd really, honestly, out of... If there was an award I'd want to win, it would be academy award for original screenplay but that's just me like that 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 would be the end all be all for me but like out of those two
1: of all the awards now that's yeah i mean i would love to be nba finals
0: (laughs) (laughs) MVP. nah man i want that academy award for best original screenplay to give my like speech that's like the moment that's like the pinnacle for me that's the peak right there okay okay Okay. last question and again thank you for doing this i know you like to do this i know you love to do do all no, this I, do. I love to talk i can't help myself. but I, I know you're always game and i just never want you to never want you to forget the, how much i appreciate you're willing to do this um
1: john i'm glad that you continue to have me
0: <laughs> man i ain't we're, we've been friends too long uh, yeah exactly okay you know five years from now ten years from now however time you want to go forward uh what do you hope we learn from all that's happened this year
1: Ah, that uh, equity and equality are important to strive for. And because you are being called out on past sins, please do not take it personally. Just move forward and accept the the criticism that you're receiving. And if it's it's not valid, at least fully engage in it before you realize it's not valid. I do not have... uh, the means with which to tell you how to fully engage, but, like, please try to really fully engage with what people are telling you.
0: I think mine is, uh, first off, great answer. Uh, mine is, I hope we all learn how dependent and connected and reliant we, are. we all are on each other. Like, I really think that, like, I really hope that a sense, I doubt it, I'm very skeptical, but I really, really hope that a greater sense of community arrives from all of this. I want to believe that. That's what I. That's what I hope we all learn from all this.
1: I look I hope so as well. <laughs> community scares people. There's another
0: word that has a lot of those same letters that makes them nervous. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I hear you, comrade. Um, <laughs> 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 all right, guys, that's going to do it for us tonight, Dalvin reporting from san diego thank you for doing this give my best thank you for me. to everybody give my best to your girl give my best to everybody hanging out with there i hope you enjoy san diego for as long as you're going to be there uh i did see the picture you sent me i'm really happy that you get to be out there man i, I hope you No, have it a, wasn't about
1: that it was like that play was 10 feet above my head <laughs> I, I post that as the album art for this so you'll know why there's so many playing sounds
0: i'll, I'll include it in the show notes uh <laughs> I, I hope you have a great fourth of july i don't know where you're celebrating but whatever it is man i hope you're Doing fine, and I hope, you have, I hope you're hope you safe out there, man. I don't want you to catch this thing, and I hope everything, you know, I hope you stay safe out there, my brother. I will. I'll do
1: my best, John. Same to you. Thank you for having me. You have a good one, bro. All right,
0: man. I'll catch you later, man. Take care of yourself Peace. out there.
1: Peace. All right, bye. Bye.
0: It's always it's always exciting with you Dalvin. it's never it's never the same thing twice I'll tell you that
1: yeah uh, I' I'm just I'm like this, I'm literally just walking the street it's, I probably look so crazy because I'm having a conversation
0: you either uh, look yeah. crazy or you're having the most in-depth conversation anyone's ever seen
1: yeah I, I'm gonna be so embarrassed when I listen to this and hear all the time I'm like walking uphill and out of breath